Are you a senior level executive with a growth mindset, ready to grasp the new opportunities and solve the issues that are holding you back? If so, welcome to our podcast, Into the C-Suite with Jim Casino, founder and CEO of C-Suite Advisors. With personal experience as a CEO of more than 10 companies and 15 boards of directors, Jim shares his insights into optimal leadership philosophies, practices, and ways to accelerate growth and elevate your company value. Now, onto the show. We are ready for a look into the C-suite with your host, Jim Casino. Jim is the founder and CEO of C-Suite Advisors, a boutique management consultancy that taps the expertise of highly experienced senior consultants who know the C-suite inside and out because they've lived there. Their best-in-class advice helps early-stage and middle-market companies capture their biggest opportunities, solve their toughest challenges, and thrive. Uh, Jim's guest this episode is Jackie Lord, and she has a lot to share. So, Jim, tell us a bit about Jackie. Thanks so much, Patrice. I am really, really excited to have Jackie with us today. Jackie, welcome. I'm thrilled that you're here. Thank you, you know, so much, Jim. I, I too. think our audience should know that her name is Jackie Lord, but I call her Lord Jackie. And the reason is because she's smart as a whip. She is amazingly insightful, a powerful commentator for business executives around the world, and she gives information that is just shockingly accurate and impactful. Our clients really love working with Jackie because she teaches them how to play what she calls Moneyball. That's getting the right people in the right seats for accelerating growth. And so, Jackie, stand by because we have some questions coming about Moneyball and what it all means. In addition to being the founder and CEO of Elevate Consulting, Jackie's a senior advisor and practice leader with C-Suite Advisors. Her practice specialty is called Human Capital Optimization and Leadership Effectiveness. She has dozens and dozens of clients throughout North America and is one busy woman. So it's a particular delight having you sit down with us and talk about how you get the right people in the right seats. Welcome, Jackie. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Jim. Let's get started by hearing a little bit about your background. What was the path that got you to this moment, career-wise, life, whatever? Tell us yeah. about you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a recovering corporate executive of 17 <laughs> years, completely successful and really completely unfulfilled. I started about four years ago, left the corporate world to really help as many people and as many companies as possible. Uh, through my corporate career, I really found out that I'm obsessed with humans. Um, sometimes I wish I had a different hobby, but generally obsessed with helping humans, being around humans, learning about humans, and really uh, combining that with business. Um, I love growing things. I love strategy and really found the optimization between the two uh, with this tool and kind of with my practice. So this is go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, it really is a personal story for me. Um, I've lived what I I, I preach. Um, so really taking a, uh, a keen look at people as well as um, businesses. Fascinating. So we call it human capital optimization. Why is it important? I was in the finance and operations world prior mm -hmm. to this. And what I found through my experiences, it didn't matter what systems or tools or process efficiencies you really threw at people, teams, businesses. 
to really get to the core foundational issue or opportunity, you really have to go to the people. You really have to understand who is the right person in the right seat to be able to excel with these systems, with these tools that are hardwired to be able to build out, for example, scalable, profitable operations or not. So mm -hmm. really getting to the core of the challenge um, is like I mentioned, the opportunity as well was to get to the people. Um, and that's really what I've been, been focused on. Well, you talk about a tool, you know, tell me a little bit about what you actually do. What yeah. do you do to optimize human capital uh, in the clients that you have, the client companies? Absolutely. Um, I've been blessed to be exposed to really a very, very powerful tool. We're able to understand human behavior with 90% accuracy uh, within mm -hmm. the course of five to seven minutes. Uh, so a tool is just a tool. Um, I am using a very powerful tool, but it allows me to get very clean data very quickly on what is working and not working at the leadership uh, level. From there, we go all the way down, all the way down through managers, supervisors, even interns. Uh, we're using this to apply data to human beings to make sure they're going to be successful for that specific role. So, wow, that's interesting. Five to seven minutes, you get information that allows you to optimize people getting them in the right seats for their innate traits and things. So in essence, you're, what you're saying is you are, I would describe it as sort of a sophisticated data scientist. Is that correct? Absolutely. I think that, I believe they call it non-clinical psychometrician um, is, the person <laughs> who, is the person who created that tool. It's a little bit of a mouthful. What, what's what it doing, called again? Non-clinical psychometrician. We got to put um, that on the website. I like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I am not one of those. However, what we're doing is we're just applying statistics and data to human behavior. So we're able to predict uh, with a certain degree human behavior. How that applies is, is that hardwired behavior going to be successful for that role for that business? Um, and that's really where this money ball concepts starts to come into play. We want to create dynamic teams. We want to make sure we have the right people in the right seats to be successful. But even more important than that is I teach leaders, CEOs, and executives how to make sure we retain that and really and engage that talent that we just work so hard to find. 90% uh, of what I do is making sure we understand how to lead everybody to their own needs, how to make them successful. And really what I mean by that is you can hire an A player. You can find the right person for the right seat, and you can completely mismanage them. Um, and run them out the door or inhibit them from reaching their full potential um, inside your business. So understanding the people, understanding what makes them tick is even really more important than just getting the right person in the right seat. How do you do that in six to seven minutes? Magic. It is complete. <laughs> That's your secret magic. sauce, in other words, right? You're not <laughs> going to tell me. <laughs> it is a secret sauce. Um, it, is the, it is the most, really the most recent tool out there on the market with technology, with algorithms. Uh, our founder is brilliant. Um, and so when I was in search of the right tool about four years ago, this was a no-brainer on the amount of information. It is the single most powerful tool that I have seen. It can be um, even life-changing um, from a self-awareness or clarity perspective um, in the course of five to seven minutes. And then using that to understand ourselves, using that to understand our employees and how those combine together to really grow both the revenue and the profit inside businesses. But I still don't understand. How do you do it? 
in five to seven minutes or six to seven, whatever the number is, how yeah. do you get there and how do you have such a high accuracy rate? What is this tool? I'm not asking for the, you know, how it's programmed or anything, but, but what is it? What, what, as a client, how would that work for me? What do I yeah. do? Yeah, absolutely. So what we do is we have you take the five to seven minute survey and really to explain how this data works is I walk through it with the individual. And so what I'm doing is I'm providing the feedback on the information on the hardwired behavior. This is where the validity kicks in. Once I read the data to the individual, um, the amount of power and clarity on who that person is really kind of comes to fruition. I always say I can sit here and talk about it, be on my soapbox for hours and days, but until I really dig into the information, into the data with the person who provided it, it's almost impossible to fathom um, the power and accuracy of the tool. So I always love meeting people and sharing with them their survey results and then talking about it at a high level, what is working and what is not working, not only from an individual leadership perspective, from a team dynamic perspective, and really as a business perspective. The database that you rely on to get the information and insight that you then share with the individual or the executive, let's say that that works with that individuals, that individual, how large is it? How, how long has it been around? How how big yep. a number? Absolutely. So it took um, a little going back a couple steps and really addressing your first question is it is two only two free form questions. What's that mean? Is we're not putting people into a box. So what we ask is a free form question. We're not saying, how do you want to break up with your spouse today? Do you want to do it this way, this way, this way, or this way? <laughs> right? Um, the answer right. is maybe we'll break up with them tomorrow, but we're not putting people into a box. In addition, we have 174 adjectives that somebody can choose from. It took five and a half years to create those 174 adjectives. Five and a half years to get to those words, along as the algorithms behind there to make sure where you have this really incredible level of accuracy. And so from there, it was founded and launched in 2005. Uh, we have over almost over 50 million surveys at this point in time. Whoa. So you have a huge database. Huge database. And that's how you validate the, the information that comes out of these surveys. Absolutely. And the survey is constantly being evaluated. Like I mentioned, we have an in-house non-clinical psychometrician that still evaluates um, the accuracy of the tool on an annual basis. Now, being a psychometrician or whatever we call it, <laughs> data scientists, I'll call it, you say you approach analytics with the CEO lens. And I'm, I've discovered myself in working with you that, that the lens you do use, whether it's the CEOs or CMOs or whatever, is really quite articulate, but tell me about that. How does, how do you use this tool in the work you do to see the whole result and the opportunities through a CEO lens? Absolutely. So really as part of my initial process is I will meet with a CEO and I will ask him to gather all the surveys of his executive team, as well as his next layer of management from there. Let me interrupt you for a second. So if I've got... Yeah. Let's say 10 in my C-suite. I'm the CEO. I've got 10 in my C-suite. You are asking the CEO to have those 10 people take this six to seven minute survey. Absolutely. Okay. Got it. So what that does is that gives me data to provide analytics and insight into what is really going on inside a business. 
If I have all the data on the leadership team, I can identify what the current business challenge is. I can identify if we have a revenue problem. I can identify if we have a culture problem. I can identify if we even have a cash flow and profit problem. Just you can by find looking, that out from the survey results? Just by looking at the behavior of the entire leadership team. That's really... That's really extraordinary. It, I mean, how is. do CEOs respond? I, I'm assuming CEOs are a bit wary of this kind of too good to be true assessment or what you provide. So tell me how they respond when you say I can do this. Do you have you must be selling from referrals, basically <laughs> people who say, yep, she really does it. Yeah, um, our our referral and my referral um, network is is very strong, right? Once once folks understand uh, the power of this tool and really mm -hmm. building out teams and their business um, and really the ROI of the tool, even regards to kind of our pricing, it's really through the roof. So we are designed to, to go off referrals. And the reason why is because the proof is in the pudding, right? We wanna make sure that we are building businesses out, that we're growing and scaling businesses. And really those are the results that 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 really measure the efficiency of, of, of what we're doing and the power of what we're doing. Um, you know, a lot of folks will ask me, um, how, how are you measuring your ROI? And I say, right, we're looking at the revenue and the profit. If that's significantly growing, um, then we are really utilizing this tool and infusing it into the business. But I don't start right with 50% of the world is skeptical, right? Skeptical of this tool. 50% of the world does not want people in their head. 50% of the world is skeptical of this tool. So that's a very large percent of the people that I meet. So I'm, I'm not out here, you know, promoting what I can do and what I can't do. What I really just do is the proof is in the pudding. So I like to meet with the CEOs um, and or the executive team and walk them through the data. I have never met these people. I have never seen their P&L and really walk through what I am seeing and let, let my data analysis and um, identification of challenges as well as some incredible opportunities I can find inside the data, let that be the, the guiding light on do they believe this to be true or not? Are my statements about their cash flow true or not? So what reaction do you get from them when you have these sessions? after you've done the surveys and you, I, well, we'll talk about exactly what it looks like uh, in the company, but what kind of reaction do you get from these meetings when you reveal the discoveries? Yeah. Um, most people are freaked out. Um, they are kind of blown away. Um, some people call me Dr. Jackie. Um, some people call me a sorceress. Um, but really what I'm looking at is the, the insight this data provides. So when we're able to get to the core of businesses, which is how hardwired and how they are behaviorally designed to navigate the business and the world, there's an incredible amount of information that we can uncover. So um, a lot of CEOs are surprised because, you know, a lot of times we get put into a behavioral assessment box. And so we're, they're expecting sometimes um, you know, Myers-Briggs or DISC kind of feel. Mm -hmm. And yep. the insight that this tool, nobody can understand what we're doing until we walk through that. So they're a bit surprised at the power of the tool. They're sometimes relieved at some of the information I'm able to provide to them. If they've been having troubles with their COO for the last seven years, and I've never met this person, but yet I see their behavior, I can say, hey, we may have a slight disconnect here. And they sometimes feel relieved or they've mis been miscommunicating or misunderstanding their partner in the business for 20 years. 
So it provides a lot of clarity to what they're already experiencing, right? So we're applying data to emotion and personal bias. A lot of folks are already intuitive, especially at the C-suite level. So it provides validity to what they're thinking and feeling. And then it provides actionable solutions on how we're gonna tackle this, how we're gonna make that, that individual happy, get them re-engaged, and then how we're gonna continue to grow the P&L with that alignment. You, you commented on hardwired traits. What, what hardwired traits do you try and get information around from this very tiny survey? <laughs> and and uh, and what do you you compare that I gather to the database? But but tell me a little bit about these hardwired traits. What are they? Yeah. So we are measuring seven um, hardwired work related traits. They are work related as much as they are personal. So the seven that we're measuring um, at a very high level, we're measuring autonomy. We are measuring social ability, psychological patience. But, but before you give me all that, tell me a little yeah. bit about these. When you say autonomy, what do you, what does that mean? Yeah, what would, absolutely. What would be the results that you might see, the, the uh, continuum from A to B uh, in terms of autonomy? Yeah, so if you actually break down the word autonomy versus autonomous, that's actually what we're measuring. We are measuring mental initiative. So the autonomy, me, is going to be self-motivated and self-directed. Mm -hmm. This is what we're measuring, what I call the gas pedal in a business. If you don't have enough high A in your business, especially at the leadership team, you probably are not growing at the pace at which you should grow. So we are measuring vision, strategy, uh, challenge, competitive. We are measuring someone who actually cannot be managed and has to be led. Alternatively, when we look at the other side, we are looking at someone who is now autonomous. So this is more of a team player. This is a present tense micro thinker. This is a reactive trait. So where do we need a proaction meeting a reaction? And how do we understand how to work with one another? So, so is it fair to say in most companies, you need a combination? Absolutely. And this is where the money ball comes into play. Tell me, right. tell me about that. Absolutely. So we want around one high A to six to eight low A's. This is on average, right? Every single company. One high has, A, one autonomous, I mean, autonomy to six yep. to eight autonomous. Yep. Okay. And the reason why is because we want that strategy and vision and really that leadership at the high level. And then how do we flow that down through the organization where everybody's going to be Wolfpack harmonious executing now on that vision. So there okay, are so so that means you need fewer chiefs and more Indians. I, I guess that's politically incorrect to say that, but is that absolutely uh, okay? Absolutely. Got it. Yep. Got it. Um. So so that exact concept. So we look at leadership teams, right? I always say a company will only be as strong as its leadership team. Where are we double dipping? Where do we have maybe have somebody not in the right seat and could be value add in a completely different um, part of the organization? Wow. Um, but really looking at the, the team as a whole, where are the gaps? Over 90% of the time, I will find a gap at the leadership team level. So that's just amazing. by making it is over 90% of the time. And that's, I think, being really conservative, actually. Um, every single time, the first thing we're addressing is to. Uh, fill that gap. Hmm. So, okay, we talked about autonomy and autonomous. What are some of the other traits? Yeah, traits? So, absolutely. We're measuring social ability. So okay. what we're measuring really is someone 
who is extroverted and they are looking more to connect with humans um, from an acceptance and connective level. This is what you can call the people glue, the culture. This is also sales and business development. When I take a look at a company and we're having, and we're having revenue challenges, I'm gonna look ex immediately to the revenue generating department, usually sales or business development, and mm -hmm. doing have enough high A and high B combination. That is what drives revenue inside businesses. Um, very so often, just to make sure I'm clear, A is the autonomy, autonomous, B is the socialization side. Correct. So okay, we, want, got it. we want that drive with the social ability as our pure revenue drivers inside the business. So when you, when you study from an, the C-suite level, the talent that's already in the existing company, that's how you begin to see we have not enough drivers to drive recurring revenue and the whole revenue mix, or we have, uh, I guess you could have too many in some yep. cases even. So Absolutely. you need to look for the right kind of balance. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Again, this all comes back to Moneyball. This all comes back to what does the team look like? Uh, not yeah. right. Getting down to the individual hardwired traits, but more importantly, looking at the team dynamics. It, kind of an interim question here. Do the, I know you have dozens and dozens of clients, but do companies in the same industry have different dynamic needs because of the individuals within that company? Absolutely. So every single thing I do is customized to that leadership team, to that organization, to that organization's phase of growth they are in, as well as the industry. Hmm. And so we've covered two of them. What are the other five? Yeah, absolutely. We're measuring psychological patience. Really what that comes into play is just someone's preference on work pace and work style. Hmm. We're also measuring conformity. This is a huge one. This is attention to detail, execution, and follow through. 90% of businesses should have high Ds down into the business. Someone who is hardwired for structure, rules, policies, procedures. And oftentimes that will be a pretty large pain point when I, when I go into businesses. They, they don't have enough? Yeah, they will have too many um, non-conformists in high conformity roles, meaning high attention to detail and execution. We want execution down throughout the business. Hmm. And folks are hardwired for it or they are not. So as a CEO, I want to, let's say I'm a, uh, I'm a high A, as you called it. And, yep. uh, and I focus on the bigger picture, but I have to have the people who are able to execute on that bigger picture. And, and that's what drives them is the perfection of the execution. Spot on. I always say, um, these folks are the folks that actually finish what the high A started. Oh, <laughs> right. I can see that. Yep. Right. We're gonna. And so again, this is just the balance. This is the team dynamics. Um, yeah. you can have a brilliant leader with some of the most amazing ideas you've ever heard of. And this person can start seven or eight businesses. But if you don't have folks who are hardwired to execute around this person, all mm -hmm. of those ideas are really lost. Yeah. Wow. Powerful. What other areas? I kind of lost track. I think we're maybe at four or five. What yeah, are the other ones? absolutely. So next we're measuring logic. We're measuring if somebody uses emotion or logic as the first filter in their decision-making process. Either or, either emotion yeah. or logic. Got Absolutely. It. And we will, um, one interesting, I, oh, this is one of my favorite ones. We will custom design the logic in the sales process 
So we actually want to drop the logic, the logic considerably to enhance the sales process. And, you know, without kind of really showing you the data or the information, it's go, it, my, my, my point being, uh, it's a combination of dots. And so we're almost kind of custom designing exactly what we want uh, for that person, for that company, for that individual. And then we are um, looking at applicants and we really only uh, talk or interview uh, to anybody who actually is a hardwired match that we that we have pre-designed. So you become involved with companies at the interviewing level then? Absolutely. Only I say only 10% of what we're doing is interviewing and hiring. And the reason why is because 90% is this leadership effectiveness, this team dynamics, this motivational understanding your players and retaining that talent. That's the hard work. That is 90% of what we're doing. Uh, we do have to get the right person, the right seat in the door to begin with. So we are addressing the hiring needs. We do have um, hiring um, as part of our program. So if I understand your service, and I know I'm bouncing you all around on this stuff. What you do is predominantly work with CEOs, I gather. Well, I know that you predominantly work with CEOs who see the benefit that you can bring to the organization that they are leading by putting the right people with the right hard traits that are they're just hardwired into their being in the seats that require those kind of characteristics. Is that correct? Spot on. You're hired. If you're, if you're looking for a second, <laughs> second job, you're hired. Spot on, Jim. So that kind of work, particularly even though it's 10%, doing helping companies do making judgments on decisions, uh, uh, hiring decisions, really suggests that you typically have long-term relationships, that you do these surveys of the executive suite, provide very valuable advisory service on who's in the right seat, who could be better served in another seat for the overall good of the company and their satisfaction, et cetera, et cetera, and who is going to go through the screen into the company interviewing process, right? So Absolutely. how long are your normal relationships with clients. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so th this is uh, an, an annual program and we have a 87% um, renewal rate. A lot of our companies will get bought or sold, um, which is the goal of kind of what we're doing. So sometimes we even work ourselves out of, a, out, of, out of an engagement, but really this is an ongoing role because we need to constantly check on our employees. One large aspect I haven't even touched on yet is that we check um, employee engagement and productivity. So if an employee is disengaged or checked out, that is hitting the PL directly. How do you that know that? You're just from somebody saying this guy's checked out? How do you know? Absolutely. So it's in the data. So one of the other metrics really? we measure is energy. If someone's energy is going down, um, I can actually anticipate if they're looking for a job. I met with a um, CEO last week. He had a CFO of seven years, and I had just been doing a demo for this person we jumped on a call and I saw her data drop significantly. Her, her energy, her energy significantly dropped. You know, I'm explaining that, but we're measuring current energy versus um, hardwired energy. And I got on the phone with him. I said, Hey, I haven't really met you yet. We haven't dug into the data yet, but the CFO is about to leave. And he said, he gave me, she, she gave me her notice two hours ago. Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, and he and was, you were seeing that from the data, not from even talking to her. I have no idea who this woman is. 
We just wow. conducted um, the surveys of the C-suite. That's why you're a sorceress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they get a little creeped out, um, but we can stop this stuff. We can, we can anticipate, we can, so every six months we're checking in on our employees um, and we are resurveying them because we're also measuring behavior inside the position as well as somebody's hardwired traits. So this is a constant check-in on employees. What's working, what's not working. We're also addressing- So they would take plan. a survey every six months on average? Every six months, we, we actually want all employees, even the leaders, most importantly, the leadership team to retake mm -hmm. um, the bottom portion of our survey which we're measuring who that person has to be to be successful in their current role. In that, and in that company. In that company. So it's very specific to them. They also could be uh, misunderstanding what it actually takes to be successful. So maybe we don't have a wrong person, wrong seat issue. Maybe we have a, a lack of clarity on expectations for that, for that person. And that becomes very difficult to be successful if you don't know what success looks like. Wow. You know, a couple of quick questions, because I know we've got people listening who are having to go to meetings and all that kind of stuff. But how has the the new post-pandemic or current pandemic post now remote work environment affected what you do and the companies? Has yeah. it been more important or less effective? Has it had any impact? <clears throat> yeah. So as a company, we are growing 40 percent every single year since COVID, wow. including during COVID. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And really what this tells me is a couple things. Number one, getting this, this equation on people, right. Understanding um, the human awareness and the, the, the human infusion back into business because COVID kind of took um, it. COVID really made that clear on, we cannot be just performance enforcing organizations. We have to kind of infuse that next layer of of empathy, of self-awareness. And I, I call it infusing that human element back into business. Mm -hmm. And one of the silver linings of COVID is it has really made that clear on, on understanding the people, work-life balance, the priority of people, um, and really understanding how when you, when you align that, that's actually what's going to drive performance. So there has been some blessing um, inside of that. In addition, uh, we are a P&L tool. So we 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 drive PL. We don't we don't call ourselves, you know, I'm not a human resources tool. I'm not, we we are infusing this business this tool throughout the business, but we're a PL tool. At the end of the day, we're just looking at the source of the PL, which are the people and their hardwired behavior. And you know, I've just got two more questions. And yeah. one of them is I want to go back to this idea. It sounds too good to be true. How do you convince a CEO who's been referred to you by some obviously satisfied CEO, uh, how do you help them experience this in a way that drives home the point that this is a valuable, enormously a valuable and impactful service? Yeah, absolutely. So the way I do that is through collecting those 10 to 15 surveys of the C-suites and uh, leadership. Do, do we pay for that? No, that is completely complimentary. And it, it gives me an idea of what I'm approaching. Is this the right tool for this person? Um, can I be of help to this company? So it really is twofold. Not only am I explaining the tool, the value in the program relative to their business, right? I'm getting a deep look into their business. This mm -hmm. isn't a general generalized conversation. This is a conversation exactly on their leaders and their business and what may be um, some of the pain points they're they're experiencing. It also gives me data and insight into say, 
what are some of the challenges? Um, what is this going to look like for me? How much, you know, how, how much movement do we have? Do we have a strong foundation? Um, and most of the time I do see a very strong foundation and just some, some, some few gaps or some few changes um, that would really accelerate not only the individuals, but also the business. It, it sounds like it's so powerful, which I, of course, know it is. Uh, from my own experience and, and the clients that we worked with together, I know how powerful it is. But it, it also sounds like something I can't afford. Uh, now, I love the idea of you doing these executive C-suite interviews, surveys, and feedback sessions for free, because that really will help me understand the power of it. But you mentioned it's the annual contract kind of thing. So it's a retainer-based service. And you, I gather, uh, don't work with every person. You must train the trainer within the companies, correct? Absolutely. So we train every leader and manager, basically anybody who is leading, managing, hiring, or influencing people assets in the business. I train them how to use this data to make people decisions every single day. Wow. I'm sure some are better than others because of their hard, hardwired traits, right? <laughs> exactly. And I will train them differently <laughs> and speak to them differently and understand um, where their power is inside their profile uh, and how to be the best leader that they can be. Awesome. Uh, anything I should have explored with you that I've neglected to, Jackie? No, I really I really think that's it. I'm honored to be here. Um, I just, just adore being a part of C-Suite Advisors. I think you can hear I'm, I'm pretty passionate about what I do and yeah. just looking to really help as many people out there as possible because I've kind of lived this, lived this world. Well, I will say C-Suite Advisors is thrilled that you're a part of the family and uh, of our collective. Uh, you are a great example of a unique uh, resource that we provide our clients and uh, every one that I have uh, had the pleasure of exposing you to uh, has just been such a advocate for your service and a believer in the power of the PNL movement you provide, you provide. It's really quite stunning. Uh, I, I just want to thank you. So oh, one last question, how can people get in touch with you if we pique their interest today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, always. Um, a priority will be to go to C-Suite Advisors. Alternatively, you can reach me directly. Um, I'm a pretty, I, I work pretty close with my clients. So if you look for me on LinkedIn under mm -hmm. Jackie Lord, L-O-R-D, um, I can reach out to you directly. And then also for additional information, um, I can direct you to uh, a couple of websites from there. So happy to provide all the information. Well, while your name is Jackie Lord, and that's how you'll find <laughs> you on LinkedIn, I will continually refer to you as Lord Jackie, the sorceress, because the service you provide is just absolutely extraordinary. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Jim. Jackie and Jim, that was a great show. Thank you so much. And C-Suite Advisors, where CEOs tap into unbiased, deeply experienced wisdom, perspective, and credibility to accelerate their company's performance and growth. To discuss how C-Suite Advisors may help your business at a free 30-minute consultation, contact us at advisor at c-suite.co or call for an appointment at 480-840-7055. Thank you for listening to Into the C-Suite with Jim Casino. Click the following button below to be notified as new episodes become available. 